Welcome all of you camp counselors to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan and with me as always is my very rampaging, slashery, jingly jangly Radical co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, what are we talking about today? American Horror Story 1984. We are talking about the eighth episode of season nine. Can you believe this show has been on for nine years? I know. That's amazing, isn't it? I know. Time flies. (laughs) Time flies. The name of this episode is Rest in Pieces. This originally aired on November 6th, 2019. This is the... Penultimate, I believe, is the name for it. Penultimate episode of this season because we have one more after this. Parting will be such sweet sorrow because we have really enjoyed this season, haven't we? We really have, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, this is this has been a lot of fun. Well, here we go. Uh, spoilers are going to be ahead because I am going to give a very short plot synopsis. Faith, this short plot synopsis is courtesy of our good friends at Wikipedia. Faith. Wikipedia is not lazy. No, it's efficient. It's efficient. Mm -hmm. Cue the music. Here we go. Shortly before Halloween, Bruce recovers and drives to Camp Redwood, interrupting a fight between Ramirez and Richter's ghost in the process. Ramirez enlists him to help eliminate Richter, eventually learning Richter is a ghost. Donna and Brooke are approached by Stacy, a tabloid writer who knows their identities, and they take her with them to Camp Redwood. Brooke promises to reveal the true story to Stacy, secretly planning to kill her, but Donna stops her and convinces her to focus on Margaret. Ooh, Margaret. Stacy flees, only to be killed by Bruce, Ramirez, and Margaret. There's a trifecta. <laughs> Margaret reveals to Bruce and Ramirez her plan to murder the rest of the bands, except Billy Idol. At her festival, Trevor declares his love to Montana's ghost and plans to kill himself to join her, but she pushes him away, guilty about her relationship with Ramirez. The dead counselors, enraged at at Richter's past murder spree, tie him up and refuse to allow him to escape to kill Ramirez, intending to kill him over and over for the rest of his afterlife. Bobby's ghost appears and drags Richter into the lake. He awakens next to Bobby and Lavinia, who convince him to stay with them. Thank you, Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. (laughs) That was very efficient. Very. (laughs) Very efficient of you, Wikipedia. Faith, Season 9, Episode 8, Rest in Pieces. What did you think of this episode? I like this episode, much like, you know, most of the seasons so far. (laughs) This, uh, actually, and we were talking about some of the critical reviews and Audience reviews on this. Uh, some people th- seem to not like this episode too much, yeah, and I'm feel going like it's a filler. F- feel feel like it's a filler. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm going to go against the grain. This was actually one of my favorite episodes of the season. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. It was a more fun episode, you know. The first note I have here is this is the funniest episode of the season. Um, <laughs> Funny situations, funny moments, funny lines, really funny performances uh, from really the entire cast. But uh, 
What were some things here that you really liked that were sticking out to you? And, and you know, if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. If you're a return listener, we are, of course, so glad to have you back. Uh, what we usually do is we'll talk about, you know, the episode, give our thoughts, and then kind of do favorites. But I think this this really opens itself up to just, you know, things that we liked in this episode. So just what were some things that you liked in this episode? One of my favorite moments was uh, Bruce kind of uh, fangirling over the Night Stalker. <laughs> And then showing off his work in the Mary Kay car trunk. <laughs> yes, Bruce. Uh, Bruce, as played by Dylan McDermott. Uh, Dylan McDermott showed up last episode, and my uh, very lovely and awesome co-host made the comment, "Why haven't we had more of him all season?" <laughs> Dylan McDermott uh, has been walking away with this since he showed up. The character of Bruce is a throwback to the early '80s, to the. Uh, Late 70s, early 80s. He has some wonderful lines in this, uh, including, uh, I don't like this new wave shit. Give me the Eagles. It's all in the storytelling. Yes. Um, which is almost a comment on the slasher genre, is it not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he did have my single favorite line. And let me make sure before I make that uh, make that bold declaration. Yes, they're driving in that pink car with the uh was it the Mary Kay lady yes. in the back she starts banging on the trunk when trunk when fortunate son by credence is playing on the radio and he gets very upset and the line is we're trying to listen to credence <laughs> that is a good line. that was a good line as someone who enjoys listening to credence and as a fan of the big lebowski i know exactly how he <laughs> feels um <laughs> the whole deal with Leslie Jordan playing the diminutive assistant to uh, Margaret, him having to deal with Kaja Gugu's bodies was absolutely hysterical. I know. Yeah, that was something. But hey, Kaja Gugu is still alive. They were playing too shy They're with their one hit, as Margaret likes to uh, <laughs> like to uh, make it known. Um I enjoyed the Richard Ramirez line, I'm with Satan, when they asked him if which band he was with. And he showed his pentagram <laughs> on his palm, his palm pentagram, and the roadie for Billy Idol goes, cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Right? This was a really funny episode. <laughs> this was a really funny episode. Uh, my favorite character, the big dick player, Trevor Kirshner, had a line that I wrote down because this is so awesome and uh Faith, I tell you what, you play your cards right. I might say this to you after the show. Uh, the line was, I love you, Montana. You're 80s forever. And, you know, one That's of the interesting so things about this show is it really seems to be dealing with the turning of a decade. You know, it seems mm-hmm. to be dealing with the passage of time, not just with the characters, but with, right. with the actual decade. And uh, did you feel like they were trying to make a... Uh, commentary on what the 80s were i got that feeling i think so yeah but i feel like that's any time though yeah. you know um what you weren't around for the 80s so yeah. let me ask you this i'm gonna put you on the spot what are you what are your general impressions of the 80s um, as an outsider big hair bright in? colors okay <laughs> that's like my first thoughts um really good horror movies <laughs> faith we had really good everything in the 80s now i was a little boy in the 80s. I turned 10 in 1989. But I mean, I remember the 80s and they were just looking back on it. And I don't know if it's like this with everybody looking back to the past, you know, with nostalgia or those blinders on. But uh, things seem to be a little more simple than, you know, even into the 90s, you know, a little more simple than today. You know, 
we didn't have all of this technology you know, mm-hmm. ruling the world. You know, if you wanted to talk to somebody, you called them right. or you went to their house and you saw them. You got together. You know, a text message was a letter. Carrier you sent, pigeon. <laughs> carrier pigeon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Depending on what part of the country you live in. Yeah. But um, in a lot of ways, it was a more simpler time. You know, of course, you know, this wasn't innocent or anything like right. that. Nothing is ever, you know, completely innocent. But uh, as a kid growing up in the 80s, I feel like we had like we got the best stuff because Star Wars was still, you know, the original Star Wars was still coming out. You know, Steven Spielberg was in mm-hmm. his uh, heyday with E.T. and movies like that. Raiders of the Lost Ark. And uh, I think the music was pretty good looking back on it. You know, of mm-hmm. course, I'm a big Huey Lewis fan. But I mean, Billy Idol, you know, was on the radio. Uh you know, a lot of great acts. Michael Jackson, of course, dropped mm-hmm. Thriller. And, but there was so much variety out there. And uh, right. you're right. Looking back on it, you know, the, the movies, I think, were really pretty good because you still had, uh, you know, you weren't making these big budget, you know, extravaganzas. You had more personal films out there and uh, more personal music, I think. You know, uh, you know, every generation and decade has its crap and the 80s right. were not immune to that. But uh, they were a great time to grow up in. I mean, do you get that feeling yeah. about the 80s? I know we talked about this a little bit on the Stranger Things and Summer mm-hmm. of 84 episodes that we did. But um, I, I do feel like this series has captured the uh, the radicalness. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. like I said, I wasn't old enough to partake in the radicalness of it. <laughs> but uh, I saw it. Right. You know, it looked like fun. <laughs> how, how big were your family members' hair? Oh, my you? goodness. My cousin Jamie, <laughs> and if she's listening, she's squealing right now because I, I mentioned her. Uh, her high school graduation pictures and, and uh, pictures from that time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's, the, what's the saying? Uh, hire the hair closer to God or yes. something like that. Yeah. Everybody had Texas hair in the 80s, right? Everybody had big Texas hair in the 80s. Lots of hairspray. Lots of hairspray. <laughs> The hair was very hard, you know. <laughs> uh, it was a great time, though. Uh, watching this, do you would you like to go back to the eighties? Yeah. Would that be yeah, something seemed, you'd like to go? It seemed really fun. <laughs> a little more sincere, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> See, I I'm, like the whole no, you know, everything's technology and. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I like that. Yeah, I'm sitting here waxing poetic about the 80s and I interrupted myself in the middle <laughs> of my favorites. I'm going to continue with my favorites if that's cool. Let's see. I, I left with the uh, I was dangling that in front of you. If you treat me nice and buy me a milkshake after the show, I might tell you I love you, Montana. You're 80s forever. Um, we were talking about Dylan McDermott, and how great he is. Um not only did he have the we're trying to listen to Credence line, he had these great little asides like uh, uh, I think it was uh, uh, not Ramirez, Richter, uh, Mr. Jingles, uh, when they're having their standoff, he looks at him and he says, you know, you stay, you die. And he just goes, all right, and walks <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, Margaret uh, tells him about her relationship with Ramirez. We've had a mutual admiration and a deep sexual attraction. Dylan McDermott's response to that. Cool. And. <laughs> That's it. Uh, our good friend Xavier had another line that I really loved. I had two callbacks for the A-team. He was going to be a big star. He was going to go on the A-team, right? And my absolute favorite moment of this is Stacy, the tabloid reporter, when they were in the cabin, and uh, Donna tells her, run, bitch, and they cut to her running, and Survivor's Eye of the Tiger is playing. I think that was... Uh, Faith is laughing like now, right now. She's kind of got this little, little like bounce, like bounce going on. I had, I had that going. Uh, so I monopolized the favorites. Faith, what were, uh, what were some of your favorites? I think in this? you hit them, kind of. <laughs> you named all of them, really. 
My favorite though still is the fangirling moment. Yeah. With with the, the Night Stalker. Yeah. What did you think about the Friday the Thirteenth homage they had with the boat? And- oh, <laughs> wonderful! You know, um, I thought that was really well done, and not just uh, not just a good homage, you know, but appropriate mm-hmm. considering what we're doing here, right. you know. And uh, was it on the nose? Yeah, yeah. But it it didn't matter because they've been making those, you know. Kind of references to Friday the 13th. What do you think uh, of where we're at with Richter now? Because, you know, one of the running things with us on this show is he's kind of becoming the hero. Mm-hmm. Do you still see him becoming the hero? I think so. I, I would go there. But I do like where his story is going. I, I mean, a huge jump from where we started with him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I like that he finally, everything kind of seems like it's okay for him. Yeah. You know? Uh, two weeks ago, we uh, the hundredth episode. We were not huge fans of that episode. Yeah. We uh, we considered it to be a pivot episode, and it seems that we were pivoting back to where we already were. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about the series now that we're coming into the home stretch here? Uh, like I said, not that the series turned us off at all, but uh, right. do you feel like it's kind of regained some of the uh, some of the mojo? Yeah, I kind of. Look at that episode. I mean, like you said, it, it didn't turn us off to the series. I can kind of turn, you know, turn a blind eye to it a little bit. And kind of everything else kind of seems more cohesive. So I'm yeah. still okay with where we're going. I, you know, I still don't like that episode. I do feel yeah. like it's raised the personal stakes, though, to mm-hmm. where we're at here in the finale. So, so it, you know, I guess it, it did what it needed to do. And and I was thinking that at the time, you know, okay, if this pays off, this is going to be great. And I'm glad that it seems to be paying off. Uh, We have one episode to go. The name of the last episode is final girl. Fittingly enough, we've been (laughs) building toward the final girl. And they even talk about in this episode Mm -hmm. that Brooke is worthy of being the final girl now. And Donna possibly uh, herself is going to be a final girl. Uh, What are you looking for in this last episode? I don't know. Um, I'm expecting Brooke to get to Margaret, possibly. Um, I'm really curious what the Night Stalker is going to do. I don't know. Again, with this whole season, right. I'm kind of just... <laughs> right. I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know how any of these are going to mm-hmm. tie together. Me um, I do expect to see some carnage like we did mm-hmm. in the first uh, couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. That old slasher vibe. Yeah. You know, getting back to that. So it'll be fun. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, my expectations are, are pretty high, actually, going into it because uh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see how it's uh, how it's going to play out. Yeah, I'm hoping it, it finishes on a good note. You know, I mean, yeah, it's been a really good season. So I hope it doesn't. It started off so good. Yeah, so good. That first uh, three minutes of this series, you know, this yeah. season was so good and uh uh, I have a feeling they're gonna they're gonna stick the landing on this. I really, I really I do so. because it's been coming back around, you know, to uh, to that. And I had a thought that uh, you know the way that the season has kind of you know gone on and changed as we've uh, got into the late eighties. I'm wondering if they're making a commentary on the sequels that were so prevalent in these slasher movies. I wonder if that's something that they were thinking about, you know, with the kind of, you know, getting big and funny, you know, because the Elm Street movies famously did that. You know, Friday the 13th started incorporating a lot of humor. So I don't know if that was something they were intending or they were just pushing this story forward into, you know, into the 90s. Yeah. And and it just kind of hit me. um, Yeah. It was just kind of a 
I was like, you know, all the sequels were kind of like mm-hmm. this. It's a good thought. I can buy so, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they probably meant to do that, right? These are professionals. They meant to do that. Uh, yeah, probably so. Absolutely. <laughs> well, one more to go. I know. One more to go. So we'll have one more of these episodes. You know, we'll maybe do a uh, season wrap up after that. But uh, Faith, anything else on Rest in Pieces? I think that's it. Anything for you? Yes. Please don't interrupt me. I'm trying to listen to Credence. And Faith? I would never do that. I love you, Faith. Thank you. You're so 80s. <laughs> You're so 80s. That's so good. And you have radical hair, Faith. Not as radical as Montana, though. Be honest. Not as radical as Montana. And I just want to leave you all with this. On Mother's Day, Billy Lord, who is on Instagram at uh, Praise the Lord, L-O-U-R-D, she posted a picture of her mother, Carrie Fisher, holding a can of Bush's baked beans. That's right. If you know your internet memes, that's those beans, T-H-O-S beans. Um, I'm thinking of those beans. Faith. Why did we love this so much? Because we love beans. We love those <laughs> we beans. We love those beans. <laughs> if you get a chance, please check out that picture that she posted on Mother's Day of Carrie Fisher, a.k.a. Princess Leia, holding those beans. I'll leave you with that image. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want you to keep, keep your, your monster, monster on a leash. leash. We'll see you on the other side.